it's uh, it's been a beautiful day. It's been a beautiful day. It's fun to be with you guys tonight and wrap up uh, the series, this warrior series, and what it looks like to be a man or woman warrior for God. How many of you love that word warrior, right? It just evokes an emotion inside of us, and um, that song, Defender, is like, it reminds me of the word warrior. It reminds me of Gideon. It reminds me of all those feelings and things that we are called to do. And last week, um, we heard from Zena here, and we heard from Jackie at the Uinta campus, and they ended their message talking about the power of our words. They ended their message talking about the power in light of life and death are in our tongues, and that we can use our words to fight comparison by building up and speaking life. And there is no better launching pad for our message tonight. Because you see, tonight's, sh Cam, should I switch to the handheld? What? Should I move the, is that gonna be better? Is that better? Okay, awesome. Um, we're going to talk all about words and the words that we call each other, the words that we speak over each other. And this message tonight, where the messages before were primarily targeted for a male or a female, are for everybody. So will you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for an opportunity to talk about this power that rests in our tongue, the power of words and what they can do and the things that they can bring, life or death. And God, we just give this time over you to, to you tonight, Lord, and we thank you for being with us and we thank you for who you are in our lives and we love you so much. Amen. All right, will you put that first picture up, Graham? Thank you. So my husband Dave and I were married. We blended a family um, about almost 16 years ago. And when we were getting married, we each have two kids. So Dave has Emily and Brianne, and I have Nathan and Megan. You'll notice Megan hasn't changed hardly at all. She looks exactly like she did as she walked up front this morning. And we told um, our children that they did not have to call us mom and dad, but we asked them if they would please give us each a nickname, a term of endearment that was meant just for us. And so Nathan and Megan, if you've been around them, you've probably heard them call Dave Daddio. That was the name that they came up with for Dave. And the girls called me CJ because my middle name is Jean. So CJ became my nickname that they called me all the time. 
And Dave would also call me that and still does quite often. And I love it when he calls me CJ. It melts me a little bit because it takes me back to that time when we first got together and we blended our family. And nicknames are powerful, aren't they? Nicknames do something to us, right? They evoke an emotion. Um, they stir something inside of us. It can be, like I talked about, a term of endearment because it's something that somebody has decided to call you. Well, Megan, the last few years, has been back and forth from Australia. And when she came back a couple times ago, she started this, I call it boots on the ground movement, this underground movement, where just randomly one day, she just started to call me Chris. What? What? I was not excited by this moment. <laughs> I was like, what? what are you calling me? She's like, listen, Chris, here's what we're gonna do today. And I was like, when has anybody ever in my life called me Chris? Nobody calls me Chris. But she pressed on. And then one day, I'm on the phone with Nate, and he goes, well, Chris, really what you should be. I'm like, what? What? Did you just call me Chris? And he's like, well, yeah, Meg calls you Chris. And I'm like, yeah, but do you see me liking being called Chris? Nobody, no one's liking it. And he's like, well, get over it, Chris. So then one night we're having family dinner and Dave's like, hey, Chris, would you pass the what? What is happening? What is happening? And they're all high-fiving each other and they're loving it and they're like, mission accomplished, you know? And then one day, all of a sudden, and I don't know if it was Dave or if it was you, Graham, but somebody came up with Rev Chris. And so all of a sudden, now it's Reverend Chris, right? So it's Rev Chris. And so it's growing, like it's expanding a little bit. And so Dave loved that. And like I said, I don't know if it was Dave or Graham, but somehow Dave caught wind if it wasn't him. And now he's like, hey, PRC. I'm like, what? PR? Pastor Rev Chris. Pastor Rev Chris, PRC. So he'll, he'll like send me a text. He'll go, hey, PRC, um, can you? He wrote on my Christmas gift, gift for PRC, Love Dave. So this nickname thing took flight. And honestly, I was talking to Meg today before my message at UNT. I said, babe, what started it and why did it keep on? And she's like, I have no idea what started it. The fact you couldn't stand it is why it kept on. <laughs> and now, you guys, now I love it. I love it. I love it. It's like it's our family joke. It's our thing. It's special. It's sweet. It's like this bond Dave has with the two kids. Um, it makes me feel maybe kind of like but I'm a little part of their friend group. You know, it takes people by surprise. Like my friends that I've had for 20 some years, they're like, did she just call you Chris? Yes, yes, it's a thing now. They're like, but you don't like Chris. Well, I do now. So, um, but that's a beautiful side of a nickname. That's a, that's a lovely side of a nickname. 
But how many of you know there's ugly nicknames? And there's ugly labels. And there's horrible words that people have spoken over people. And there's hard things that have latched on to people. When I was preparing the message, I was thinking back all of my years. And I remember every single ugly, horrible word that has been spoken over me in my life. Every single one. I can go back to the moments. Like I can literally just recall And I know beautiful, kind things have been spoken over me over the years. Hard for me to remember those. Very few and far between. Very few and far between. I remember my kindergarten year, and I remember Carol Haney sitting by herself at the table, and I remember Roy Clark standing up across the room and calling her a pig. And I remember bawling my eyes out because I'd never seen cruelty like that and I'd never seen somebody use their words as a weapon like that and it hurt my belly so much and I can still see her face. And it wouldn't be long after that that I would find myself the target of people's words so often from calling me stupid or dumb or ugly or that I don't have friends or any number of things. And those things I remember clearly. And, you know, they say it takes 10 positive things to erase one ugly thing. I feel like that stat may be wrong because... Why is it I can remember all the ugly things and it's so hard to remember the positive? I do remember some positive things. I I remember being in my dad's clothing store that he opened on the Oregon coast with his best friend. And I remember it was the first day he opened and I've always loved clothes. So it was like a dream come true for me. So he said, take anything you want in the dressing room, try it on. So I went in the dressing room and tried an outfit on, and I came rushing out because I just couldn't wait. Like, I was 15, but I couldn't wait to see my dad's expression. And he looked at me and he said, you're beautiful. And it's ingrained. It's marked me. It's a part of my memory bank. And I'm so glad I have that as well as the ugly words that marked me. I also remember my home economics teacher my senior year looking at me and saying, you're talented, you've got what it takes, you should go out for Sterling Scholar, I think you can do it. And because she believed in me, I went out for Sterling Scholar and I did it. I got the scholarship. But I know so clearly, if she hadn't looked at me and said those words, there's no way I would have tried. But she believed in me, and she spoke that into me. In Proverbs 15.4, it says, Kind words heal and help, and cutting words wound and maim. Kind words heal and help, cutting words wound and maim. You know, we've been 
talking in the series, and we've been going all the way back to the beginning. We've been going back to the beginning in the book of Genesis because that's where all this started. That's where, that's where sin entered our world. That's where things started to take a turn. And our words are no different. We find this happening with Adam and Eve. They've, they've sinned, and here we have the Lord speaking directly to Adam. In Genesis 3, 11 and 12, it says, Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And Adam, the man, replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. You see, in the beginning, Adam used his words to pass the buck and blame Eve. Adam's attempt to use his words to blame Eve is completely consistent with our human nature, isn't it? Few of us are willing to simply say as David did, I have sinned against the Lord. How different things could look if we just did that much. And significantly, if there's any blame, it's on Adam, not Eve. Not only does Adam unjustly accuse Eve, but he also refused to accept proper responsibility for his part in her sin. By saying the woman you gave me, gave to be with me, Adam essentially uses his words to blame God for the sin, saying, you gave me the woman, and she's the problem. Adam wasn't content to blame Eve. He had to blame God also. We've been using our words poorly ever since, ever since. Many people, you could say, use their words recklessly and dangerously. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know I have. You see, I love words. I love everything about words. I love to read words. I love to write words. I love to string words together in phrases. I've been in sales since I was 15 years old. I can sell anything because of words. I know how to enunciate them, what to do with them, and therefore, I have used them recklessly and dangerously, and I've spent a tremendous amount, too much time repenting for the way I've used them. So I'm going to ask you if you can find yourself in any of these categories that I'm going to list out. How many of us have used our words to blame? How many of us have used our words to gossip? How many of us have used our words to spread rumors? How many of us have used our words to lie, to be sarcastic, or to name call? And now I'm going to get really real with you. Because it's not just the words we say out loud. It's the words we use under our breath as we walk away as we slam the door, as we drive in the car, when we're alone. It's the words we type on the keyboard. It's the tone we use. It's all 
the above. And you guys, here's the dangerous thing. We maybe think nobody heard us, or maybe somebody did hear us, but here's the, it doesn't matter either way, it affects our hearts. It changes our heart. It changes the way we look at the person, and our heart starts to harden. It's not just our words as weapons against others, either. It is our words as weapons against ourselves. It is the negative self-talk. It is the lies we've come into agreement with. It's the way we think about and describe ourselves to ourselves and to other people, even those we love. It's the little jokes and the name-calling that we do to ourselves. We are God's masterpiece. Do we believe it? And do we believe they are as well. The power of our words, good and bad, they stick with us, they affect us, they alter us, and they have the power to alter our destiny. Did you know that Jesus was a name caller? However, when he name called, he spoke life into someone's very soul and into their destiny. Jesus, he used his words to speak life and restore identity. He literally used his words to change the way people thought about and looked at themselves. How incredible is that? We're going to look at two stories and two men. And this is just, please hear me, these are only two examples of many. The first one we're going to look at This is right when Jesus is starting his ministry. People are starting to follow and kind of see who this guy is. And it's found in the book of John. And it's found in John 1, 45 through 49. And this is so fun. I love to picture Philip like running after, so excited to look for Nathaniel. And so Philip went to look for Nathanael, and he told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And I love Nathanael's answer. He's like, Nazareth? I mean, think of some place that you can think of, right? People probably do this all the time about Ogden. Ogden, you know, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip said. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Jesus' name calls. He calls it out of Nathanael. And Nathanael says, How do you know about me? And Jesus replies, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. And Nathanael exclaims, Rabbi. You are the Son of God, the King of Israel. When I was preparing this message, this, was, this message, the heart of it is all about the words we use, right? But Jesus so clearly spoke to me and said, listen, it's also about me. It's calling me out. It's recognizing who I am. It's speaking those words. 
It's Nathaniel going, you are the son of God. You guys, we sing it, we say it, we read it, but do we understand it? There is power in the name of Jesus. But we have to feel that. We have to get it. We have to recognize who he is in our lives. This next story, I love it so much because it's so easy for me to put myself in the disciples' position, and it just helps me understand grace so much more. You see, they had been with Jesus. They had been spending time with him. They had seen him feed the 5,000. They had seen him feed the 4,000. And they still, things were not clicking with them. They weren't clicking. But here we get to see the click. And it's in Matthew 16, 15 through 19. And Jesus is questioning them and he's pressing them. And he says, and how about you? Who do you say I am? And here's the click. Here's the click. Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus came back and said, God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. You didn't get that answer out of the books or from teachers. My father in heaven, God himself, let you in on the secret of who I really am. And now I'm going to tell you who you really are. You are Peter, a rock. This is the rock on which I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. This passage is only found in Matthew 16, 17 through 19. You see both Mark and Luke record Peter's recognition of Jesus as the Christ, which immediately precedes the passage, but they don't record Jesus' response. God bless you, Simon, son of Jonah. The renaming of Simon carries forward a long biblical tradition that a breakthrough in spiritual awareness can be accompanied by a new name. For instance, Abram to Abraham, Jacob became Israel. And what I think happened here is that Simon has had a dramatic spiritual breakthrough and Jesus is deeply moved that he witnessed it. How many of us could use a dramatic spiritual breakthrough? And how amazing to think that it moves Jesus when that happens. In watching the unfolding ministry of this Jesus of Nazareth, Peter's suddenly aware that he is seen not just a gifted teacher, not just his rabbi, but the Christ, the Messiah, God in flesh appearing. In one story, Jesus calls some, something out. In one story, he renames somebody but it is our responsibility and ability to understand and embrace and call out the name of Jesus that will be the solid foundation for our spiritual breakthrough. As we recognize and embrace and call out Jesus for who he is, hear me, 
we walk different, we think different, we believe different, and we 100% talk different. We can't talk like the world when we recognize who Jesus is. We cannot. We can't. Because to be true warriors, warriors use their words to restore identity and change somebody's destiny. Think about the power of our words. Think about the power to shape or change or speak into someone's destiny. And can I please be honest with you? I'm so confused by us. I don't see this happening very often. We have an opportunity. We have been given an opportunity. We have been called by Jesus to make a difference in this world, to bring light, to speak life. I don't see it happening very much. It's not too late. It is not too late. It's time to quit just surviving and start thriving. And to flip the switch on and to use this for good. For good. So I thought I'd give you a couple examples because strangely enough, as I was preparing this message, people couldn't wait to share with me. I didn't even ask, but they just started sharing with me all this good, amazing things that people had spoken over them recently. So I wanted to share one of my friends. This lady wrote her this letter at work and said, hey, lady, I just wanted to tell you, listening to you with Jacob last night, you amazed me. You were so patient and so incredible teaching him what to do, taking the time to let him do it, and explaining our program. I was so impressed at how well you worked with him. You are such an incredible nurse and person, and I love, love, love your face, and I love having you on as a clinical coach. wonder why she screenshotted that. It meant so much. She wanted to have it on her at all times. I can't imagine how exhausting it is to do that job every day. And to just get that one paragraph spoken over her is going to carry her for how long? A long time, probably. Another gentleman was so excited he couldn't wait to share this with me. And it says, dear so-and-so, this is letter is your official notification that effective on this date, your, and it's a whole slew of benefits and raises, that were discussed will be effective. This contribution increase is due to your value to the company and a commitment to continuing to develop your leadership skills. This is a well-deserved increase and I wanna thank you for your steadfast loyalty and your commitment to our company's success. Also, had it screenshotted on his phone because it meant so much to him. How about this one? My five-year-old spent over an hour last night taping all of his artwork onto his bedroom wall. When I told him it looked great, he 
he proudly told me, my teacher said I'm an artist. I love teachers so much. They literally give their lives away, pouring into and speaking destiny and life over our children. But what about the coaches? What about the bosses? What about the parents? What about the husbands? What about the wives? What about the grandparents, the older siblings? I could go on and on and on. They have authority. We have authority. I don't care how old you are. If you're a follower of Jesus, your words carry weight. They carry more weight than you'll ever know. You have the power to alter someone's life with the words you speak. I wanted to share, I know a lot of you have heard my story, but I'm just going to keep telling it because it's powerful. My life changed literally on a dime. Will you put that other picture up, Graham? It's Pastor Joe McCrillis. I love it when he comes here, but I also get embarrassed because he brags about me so much. It was just a few years ago, the back of you into campus, that he asked if he could have a word with me and with my husband. And we stepped back into the corner and the burden was so heavy that he had to release it. And I wish I had a tape recorder, but I didn't. But he just started a flow of words that started with, Crystal, I believe you're called to be a pastor. And I remember certain sentences. I remember the sentence, you're gifted across the board. There's no one I'd rather serve alongside. I hope you'll receive this. I remember sentences like that. But what I mostly remember is this fountain of life that came out of his mouth and landed in my soul, and my soul leapt. And my life's never been the same since, because you see, I'm now Rev Chris. That's who I am, PRC, Pastor Rev Chris. That's who I am now. The enemy of our souls wants us to continue to live clothed in the flesh and controlled by our fallen nature. But those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, and that includes those ugly words and phrases we want to say. We may not feel like an heir to righteousness, but we are clothed in garments of salvation as children of the King of Kings. And as warriors, we must daily decide if we will allow flesh to rule us. Did you know in Matthew 12, 36, it says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Wow. We can either live for ourselves or lay down on the altar of sacrifice and live for others. Because warriors use their words to restore identity and change someone's destiny. Hmm. 
At the end of the song, Speak Life, by Toby Mack, it says, when you speak life with the words you say, you will raise your thoughts a little higher. You will use your words to inspire, and joy will fall like rain when you speak life with the things you say. So speak life. Joy will fall like rain. When someone speaks life over me, that's exactly what it feels like. So be a name caller like Jesus was. Who can you begin name calling in a way that brings life and restores their identity in Jesus? Who can you call a warrior? Who can you call a disciple? Who can you call a masterpiece? And salt and light, child of God, so much more. Jesus, we thank you so much for being our example. We thank you that there is power in the name of Jesus. And that when we truly recognize that you are the author of our life, you are the lover of our soul that you literally went to the cross for us because you couldn't stand to be without us. That we can't help but speak life. This is our time. This is our moment. Jesus, help us to rise to the challenge. Help us to be warriors in every way, God. I want 2021 to look different because we actually stepped into our role as warriors. Lord, remind us when we start to get caught off guard. Help us, help us to just apologize when we use our words wrong. How far that goes. Help give us a heart like David, I have sinned. I'm so sorry. Jesus, we love you. Help us to show that to this world, God, and love each other well and change destinies, God, with our words. In your name we pray, amen. All right. I love you guys. New series starts next week on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs>